love you, God. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. Father, we just come to you right now in the name of Jesus, creator of the heavens and the earth, creator of the universe, all-powerful God, almighty God, God that knows all, God that is full of mercy, God that is faithful always to me. God, the God of the impossible, Lord, we come and we worship you now. You are also the lover of my soul. You're the maker of my heart. You care about every need that I have, no matter how small, no matter how big. God, even though you created the heavens and the earth by speaking it into existence, you come into my small places and you care about who I am and you care about my soul and what I need, God. So right now, Father, as we submit to you, church, as you say this, think this in your heart. Father, as I submit to you, I submit my will to you, knowing that you created every fiber of who I am, knowing that you love every fiber of who I am and all that I need right now, God, I lay before you knowing that as I put it into your hands, God, you are faithful and you are going to redeem what I need redeemed, God. You are going to heal what I need healed, God. You are going to deliver what I need delivered, God, because you are faithful. You are love. You don't try to be love. You are love. And God, we submit to you now and we give this to you and we lay it before your feet at the cross and we say God we don't we're not going to hold it anymore I'm not going to hold on to it anymore because the tighter you hold on to what you need delivered from God cannot deliver you you have got to let it go with the cross you have got to lay it down walk away and let it go and say God it's in your hands and I trust you now I trust you with this and we're going to walk away in peace Father I just thank you that you oh God are ever present you are all knowing and you love us so much God that you created everything around us for, our, for us God for our benefit, Lord. Lord, we give this to you now in the name of Jesus. By faith, hold out your hand and submit whatever that is, whatever that is that you brought into this place that you were hoping God would deliver you from, whatever that is, by faith, hold out your hands and say, God, I submit this to you now. By submission, I mean you're giving it to him. You're laying it down. You're not keeping a hold of it anymore. You're gonna lay it down. And you say, God, I trust you with the outcome. You know, sometimes I think we're worried to give our needs to God because we're afraid what he's going to do with it. I have news for you. He created the heavens and the earth. He knows how to handle your problems. And he'll do it a lot better than we can, right? So lay it down at his feet and walk away. And don't worry about the outcome because it's going to be better than what you ever, ever expected. So God, now we thank you. Can we praise God now? God, we thank you now that you have taken everything we need, God, and that you have given us the answers, Father. We wait with anticipation on what God is going to do. Be released today from that in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Welcome to Church on the Rock, everybody. Turn around and look someone. Tell them that God loves you so much. Let them know God loves you so much. We, um, good morning. 
so glad you all are here today. What a beautiful day that God has given us. We have special guests here today. Sorry, Charles and Carmilla Holloway. Uh, Devin's parents are here with us. Oh, he wants to embarrass you. Sorry, you guys have to stand up so they can see you. These are amazing people. We got to have lunch with them yesterday, and I think we laughed till we cried a few times and enjoyed the Lord's presence as well. So thank, it's such a joy to have you guys. And thank you for lending your son, which we know that you, he is not yours. He is the Lord's. We learned, we figured that out. Yeah. So praise the Lord. And welcome. If, if you are here for the first time, we just welcome you. Um, we'd like to know who you are. If you want to download our app, Church on the Rock Huntley, there's a little connect card there. You can just fill it in so we can know you if you need anything. Um, if you have a prayer request or whatever, you can do that as well. We want you to mark your calendars, though, because September 12th, we have Randy Roos, the evangelist, is coming. And if you have not heard him, you don't want to miss this. Invite your friends, your neighbors, and your family, your enemies, anybody you know that needs, needs a touch from the Lord. But Randy Roos will be with us for three nights. Um, we are anxious and excited. We've had to put him off last year because COVID. So he is ready. He has been a year waiting for this, so come and enjoy that night. But um, right now we're going to worship the Lord in another way, is that is giving our of the tithe and the offering. We know it's His, right? We know it's the Lord's. So today as you give, know that you can give on the app. As we said, it's very easy to do that. Um, you can give on our website as well. We also have two black boxes at the exit doors. Um, that you can drop a gift in if you brought it if you brought it and you want to put it in an envelope that works as well so Let's pray to the Lord for the offering father We just thank you that you have given us all that we need you have provided everything that we need and anything that we have need of you are going you are prepared Lord Jesus and you are able to supply that need father I pray that you bless the giver today bless them with joy and peace Bless them with comfort. Bless them with finance. Bless them with health in the name of Jesus. We give this gift to you. We give the tithe back to you, God. And we say thank you for letting us steward this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I have already had a good time in church today. How about you guys? Enjoyed that time. All right, did everybody get one of these when you came in today? If you didn't, lift your hands up real high. Again, the last couple, three weeks, uh, the last two weeks and today actually is more like a workshop. So even if you're coming in for the first time, um, you can participate and you can uh, download our Church on the Rock Huntley on your phone app. And you can even make up where we've been. The Lord spoke a word to me about two months ago about with Ezekiel chapter 37. And he said, Brian, I want you to prophesy to the bones that's been scattered in this last couple of years. How many know with the COVID and everything that's going on, things, people have been isolated, people have been scattered. We've gotten out of fellowship. We've gotten out of gathering. And for some, that's been very critical and been a very tough time. Some people come to church to get the icing on the cake. Some people, church is their cake. I mean, we do want it to get where church is the icing on the cake, but some can't sustain when they're outside the church. So we saw that as a ploy of the enemy to get people down. But how many know that God is drawing back the dry bones? So we started the first week with people getting... Uh, 
back in right relationship with the Lord. We did saved, we did set free, we did inner healing. And that was the first part of the prophecy where we called the dry bones in. The second part of the prophecy is I believe that God is calling church on the rock the body which he is the head of, to be a moving, li living organism and a force in this community. Anybody believe that? Say amen. So the Bible talks about the church as being a body and how each joint supplies, where you're, whether you're a liver or a heart or a hand or a foot or an eye, but everybody has a part. Church on the Rock, currently about 32% of people are committed to a, a serving or committed to something outside of Sunday morning. So that means only like 30% of this body is active. But through this series on that second part of the prophecy, I've been feeling God say prophesy, say bones come in, say sinew come in, say all the parts of the body came, come in. Are you with me on that? All the body come in and each joint supplies. Now. That's, uh, that's dry bones gather. That's the body being gathered. And just to see how the Lord orchestrated this thing, and I give him all the glory for that. But Randy Ruiz coming in two weeks, I believe that's the third part of the prophecy. And God's prophecy is going to speak. There's a gathering. People are saved, set free, healed innerly. Our bodies getting together, we're equipped, we're each joint supplies, we're becoming a living, moving, living organism. The, the last part of that prophecy is he said, breathe, O breath of God. And it says a breath came into this body. How many would like that breath to come into the body of Christ? And it says it rose up a great and mighty army. We believe that breath is coming through the, the revival. So welcome to the third part of Discovering Life Ministry. Again, if you want to gather these and have, have these ready so everybody's participating. There's pins in your seat. Uh, if you're on the front row, there's some pins around you. But let's be participants today and, and a part of this. Uh, welcome to third, uh, week three of Discovering Our Life Ministry. We believe that one of the most fulfilling things you can do in life is to identify and develop your God-given shape. Shape, we know, S is spiritual gifts. We did that week one. Heart and, heart and abilities, we did last week. This week, we're going to do personality and experiences. You know, discovering my shape is determined by those uh, five factors. So today, we're going to hit personality. Personality, again, if you'll grab these sheets. I want to ask you, first of all, where does your personality best suit you to serve? Where can that be? It's obvious that God has not used a cooker cutter stamp out people that all of us act the same. You know, God gave variety. God, if you just look around, there's all kind of variety. And there isn't any right or wrong personality. God gave that to you. You know, it's different. It's a personality can be difficult to change. But listen to this. But attitudes can be changed over time. And God has is, is wired us in that unique way. The Bible says, for you have heard, Paul said, for you have heard in my past how I persecuted the church with a fanatical zeal. Think about that, his personality. Man, I persecuted the church with a fanatical zeal. I did my best to destroy it. This is Galatians 1, 13 and 14. I was the head of most my contemporaries in the Jewish religion. Very intelligent, very successful in who he was. And he had, and he said, I had a boundless enthusiasm. So once God, so we see that Paul had a distinct 
personality. But once God got control of Paul's life, his attitude was changed, his life was changed, and his purpose was changed. Paul began to preach that same message and do that same work with that same personality that he had. That attitude was just changed. So some of you might even use your personality with a wrong attitude and in a wrong way. God can fix that, but your personality, God puts you that way. I remember in high school, I used to seem like I was in fights all the time. Um, and, and I remember, uh, I think I was like 20 or 30 days in in-school suspension. I was always getting in fights. I was always getting in fights. And we used to think it was fun for all the guys to get together in our hometown and go to other towns and, and fight. That's just the way guys are. But we was kind of into that. One day after I became a pastor, you know, I used that fighting attitude in a, in a wrong way. But one day after I was a pastor, I was in a fight of faith. And I remember I was fighting in the church, and I was fighting to see some things happen. And I was taking punches, taking punches by the enemy, taking punches by people in the church. And, and just feeling the effect of that and kind of giving up and backing up and kind of just taking it. And I remember one day I was praying, and the Lord said, it was like I had all these visions of when I used to fight. I was having all these visions of when I used to fight. And the Lord said, I made you that way. I made you to be a fighter. Now, you used it in the wrong way, and you had a bad attitude with it, but now I want you to use that personality and that fight to do something good for me. So that's what I mean by that. So if everybody take your personality, we're actually going to go through this today because it's real quick, but I want you to begin to answer these questions. I want you to, to look at page one, and uh, under D it says, I'm assertive, demanding, and, de and decisive. And then by, beside there, you can put never, rarely, sometimes, often, or always. Does everybody see that on your sheets? If you want to, turn some more lights on in here, guys, up top so they can see better. Thank you for that. So quickly go through that. I'm assertive, demanding, decisive. I enjoy doing multiple tasks at once. Never, rarely, sometimes, often, always. I thrive in a challenge-based environment. I think about tasks more often than others or myself. I'm motivated, I'm motivated by my accomplishments and authority. In other words, do those quick. Never, rarely, sometimes. Go with your first answer on that. And after you answer those questions, up in one, add it together, add it together, add those numbers together, and write your total number there at one. Okay? So do that D real quick. Do D. I'm assertive, demanding, decisive. Mark one of those, and then add your total. Let's go to two. Let's do I. And you can continue this as we go on. I enjoy influencing and inspiring other people. Man, never. Rarely. Sometimes I do. Others circle the one that fits you. I'm optimistic about others. Circle the one that's you. I tend to be the life of the party. I think about motivating people. Circle the number that's you. Okay, I'm motivated by recognition and approval. Circle the one that you add those up, put it in the total there at number two. Okay, add those up, put it in the total at number two. We're figuring out your personality, how God has wired you and your personality. Let's look at S. 
Let's look at S. S is I thrive in consistent environments. Never, never do that. Rarely, sometimes, often, always circle one. I prefer specifics over generalizations. I enjoy small groups of people. I prefer being a member of a team. I'm motivated by stability and support. If you kind of answer those questions. Add them up. Put your total there on number three. Okay? Now let's do C. C on disc. Answer those questions. I typically, typically do not take big risk. Somebody was like, I always do. Some of you are like, I never do. Mark your number. I love task, order, and details. If you could mark that. I'm right most of the time. That is always for all of us, right? <laughs> all right? I comply with clearly defined rules. Next one, I'm motivated by quality and correctness. Okay? Now, if you can add that up, put your total. Again, what we're doing in this teaching, we did spiritual gifts. We did an assessment. I taught on spiritual gifts two weeks ago. Last week, we did what's your heart? What, what are you passionate about? And we helped you figure that out. And then we did abilities. What are your natural abilities? Now, we're looking at what is the personality that God gave you. See, we're making our shape, S-H-A-P. We're making our shape. Now, take the top two. After you've added your totals, take your top two numbers and go back to page one and put them on here, my personality leadership style. Take the top two. When you added it up, you might be a D-S or you might be a C-D <laughs> or you might be an I-C. But take your top two numbers. If you have a tie, anybody have a tie? If you have a tie, pick the one that you think best represents you. So put that number, put, that, put, that, put those two letters on page one. And also on your shape sheet at the back. Every week we've given out one of these on your shape sheet at the back. If you'd go, out, if you'd go down here to your personality style, if you'd write the top two. Like if you're a DS. Somebody yell out what you were. All right. Okay, now I want to do one more thing on personality. Uh, everybody go to page two, just for an example. Um, let's pretend that you were a DI. Did there happen to be a DI here? Oh, we had some DIs. Very cool. Really? DI. That's cool. Okay, here's what I want you to do now. While I'm reading the DI, I want you to find your two and go to the page, and I want you to read what you are. In fact, I'm just going to stop. It looks like everybody's participating. Take your sheets, and if you're a D, take your number one and go to that disc description. If you're a D, it's on page two. If your number one is an I, it's page three. If your number one is an S, it's page four. If your number one 
is a C, you need to go to page five. And what I want you to do is read the individual one first. Read the individual one first about you. I'll give you a couple of minutes. Does anybody need sheets? If you need a sheet, raise your hand. Our ushers will run to you. Okay? I'm going to give you just a couple minutes to read it. It's very interesting. While they're reading through the tech team, if you can get that disc uh, picture up. We'll give you a few more minutes to read through that. So read the, the letter by itself and then read the two together that you are. Okay. Man, I had a good time with Charles and Carmela yesterday. We ate so much food. Devin's got great parents. He's got a good son. Everybody done reading? Everybody done reading? Say yes. yes. All right. Now I want you to do one more thing. Turn to page six. Turn to page six. And this gives you some things to watch out for with your primary personality. So take your main letter and go to page six and here's some like warnings or here's some things you might look out for here's how that personality could be a negative here's how you could turn it to a positive so turn to page six and read your number one and if you want to you can read your top two but definitely read your top one page six on your sheets D starts out personality is dominant, direct, task-oriented, decisive, organized. But then it gives you five bullets of things to think about. Okay? So you can read your top one. And then you can read your second one. And what I'd like you to do is continue maybe this afternoon reading these a little more in depth. If you're married, sit down and read your spouse's. Read them together. Uh, we've even had people say it helps in their relationship, even in marriage and other relationship, okay? So if you'll take a look, I like this because you always hear about extrovert and introvert. Am I an extrovert or an, am I an introvert? Say you were, uh, did, were you a DI, Bri? So a person that's a DI, you're an extrovert, but you're very task-driven, like I even know what Brian here does for a living. He oversees about 30-some people in a company, and he's very organized and task-driven and helps people um, know what they're supposed to do and works on efficiency. John, curiosity, Amy, what were you? I what? What was your second one? Oh, they were all tied. <laughs> That's good. What were you, John? CS. Okay, so a, a DI, a DI, you always take your, your, your first one.
The D is you're an extrovert, and then the I is people-driven. Like even talking about Brian, Brian, you were a life coach. You got trained to be a life coach and go to companies and help people with life coaching. So Brian's using his extroverted. He's a D, but yet he's people. Um, anybody, what, what were you? Yes. We have a C. We have an S. We have an SC, so maybe a little more introverted, but yet more task-driven. Not so much with the people, put me behind a computer, put me behind some data, um, let me work on some records, stuff like that. So we got an introvert that's, everybody see how that works? Okay, so take your number one, are you extrovert or introvert, and then does it move more towards people, or does it move more on behind-the-scenes stuff? And guys, over the last few weeks, um, <clears throat> in, your, in your packet today, we're going over ministry and evangelism. Okay, in the last three weeks, listen, we've went over every ministry at Church on the Rock. Every ministry we offer and everything we do at Church on the Rock, we've talked about in the last three weeks. So now what you can do is you can take your spiritual gifts... Let's just kind of put this together a little bit. On your shape sheet, you can take your top spiritual gifts, and then you can look at the heart that you had as you filled in your heart from last week. And you filled in maybe what age group or what people you liked or whatever that was, but you're filling in your shape and your heart. And then, and then we gave you a list of abilities that you might have. Well, now you can plug in your personality. So your spiritual shape that God made you is starting to come where you can see it more clearly, okay? So now take that personality, and, and what, what I'm wanting everybody to do this week, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but hey, just as long as it gets communicated, we don't care when or how it gets communicated. But when you're, the last thing we're going to do next week is we're going to say, hey, everybody take your shape sheets this week, because we'll be done. Go home, pray about it. Study the stuff that we've been learning Go through. Next week, we're going to give you every ministry that's at Church on the Rock. We're going to send you home with that. So you'll be able to look at your shape sheet, and then you'll be able to look at all the ministries. And I believe the Holy Spirit will speak to you as you're going through, and you can say, what part am I in this body? And I believe God will show you. Okay? So uh, that's, that's that. Now I want to look at examining. So if you would, take your personality and put it on your master shape now notice we handed these out every week it's because I would rather give you too much than not enough we're gonna hand you we're gonna hand the final one out next week it'll say final shape sheet and we'll fill that out and we're gonna turn them all in next week again you guys that are watching online still about half of our people we've got it on the app where you can do everything we're doing you have it online because you're still a part of what's going on too now, let's go into examining my experiences. Let's get to the E now, okay? Examining my experiences. One of the most overlooked factors in determining the ministry that God has for you is your past experiences. Your experiences have shaped you. You know, some of our bad experiences has up to the point that God comes in. It can maybe even shape you in a way you don't want to be. But God can change that shape. Your experiences 
shape you, especially your spiritual experiences and your hurts and your hurts and the problems that maybe you have overcome with God's help. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a list of experiences. I'm going to try to pull some things out, a list of some experiences that have shaped you. So the first one we're going to look at is painful experiences. As everybody can say, I've had some pain in life. I believe everybody has. Amen. How many say I have some pain in life? Amen. Okay. Paul said, you know, sometimes it takes painful experiences to make us change our ways. I want to say that again. You know, sometimes it takes pain to make us want to change our ways. The Bible says, the other day I was praying something. I was saying, hey, God, thank you so much for giving you grace to arrange things for my life to happen in a way that I wouldn't have had the courage for it to happen. Are you all with me on that? So God can actually arrange situations that he knows that if, this situation will happen, it'll make us maybe face something. It'll make us maybe discover something we didn't know. But God can, God can set different things up and he can orchestrate our life in his sovereignty. But anytime that he brings a painful experience, I believe it's, it's so that he can take these things off and skim them off our life. And I always say this, God never wastes a hurt. God never wastes a hurt. Um, I, I, I think I saw Chad and Rachel in here today. Um, I know they don't care because it's their ministry. Their marriage was on the point of divorce and separation. Anybody else have a testimony like that? That your life was like that? Like that? Well, through painful experience of uncomfortable counseling, uncomfortable topics that you didn't want to talk about, through through saying things to each other that you wish you hadn't of, but you couldn't take back words. Now your marriage was in a mess and on the brink of failure. Okay, well, God, when people let God in those situations, God can take everything and make it new. God, people have said to me, well, I don't, I don't even have any love for my spouse anymore. You know what? God can give you love for your spouse again. If you say, man, he, he's taken all the love. I don't even know why I was ever with him. It is a big mistake and I need to do something else. God can even put back love in the heart. God can heal the broken heart. God can heal anything. And what I get excited is, with, is when some couples that have problems put their problems on the altar and they quit nitpicking and telling each other you've got this you got this you're not this and you're not this and they get off of that and they start looking at what they are and they start opening their heart to submitting to God's word in their life I like it when some marriages can let God put it back together and God can get some glory instead of the devil all the time but then God can take your hurts and let you help people I'll never forget when I worked in the homeless mission and this lady came in that, be, that, that had been rept, raped and I was the, the pastor in, of counseling and the pastor over the missions. When I walked in, all did is reminded her of the person that just raped her and she even said I looked like the guy. So, I, I, I mean, her coming in was just screaming and I was like, getting out. I went to my cook who I pastored she didn't know many scriptures. She didn't know much about God. But she said, can I help, Pastor Brian? Can I help? 
And I said, sure, Marty, I trust you. And I'll never forget, she put two, this girl was in a chair. Marty went up, popped herself down in her seat, pulled her dress up over her knees, pulled into that person because she was on a roll chair, pulled into that person, held her hands and said, honey, I know what you're going through. My uncle, I was raped by a family member. I was, I conceived, carried a baby, delivered a baby, put it up for adoption, and my parents are dead and gone to be the, with the Lord, and they never knew I was pregnant. Now, how do you do that? True story. How do you do that? How do you hide a pregnancy? How do you do that? But man, when she did that, that painful experience that God took her through, she was able to take. God never wastes a hurt. He never wastes a hurt. And I don't care what it is. That's what I mean on a painful experience. Man, God's given you a testimony. If you're in the test, fight through the test. So you, and you might be moaning right now and having some moan. But let God take the test and the moaning. And let's get some testimony in the house. Let's get some people that can take their pain. Imagine the apostle Paul. He stoned a man till death. How many of you have ever made a mistake that you really regret? And you're just tormented with it and you think about it all the time. Man, you can turn that pain. I, I guarantee you Paul woke up in cold sweats thinking about when they stoned Stephen till death. And then they gave, gave him Stephen's clothes, his cloak, and said, look what we did because you told us to. Then he got converted to the Lord. And that fanatical zeal that he persecuted the church, he took that same personality and started to build the church. Are you with me today? He started to build that church. All right. I guarantee you he had times with, what was I thinking? Man, sometimes some of the mistakes I've made in my past, holy smoke. Man, it can just torment you. Just torment you. If you're tormented, it's because you haven't been made perfect in love. It's what the scripture says. A person that has fear and torment over your past, it's because you haven't been made perfect in love yet with the Lord. But when you, it took me years in understanding that God could love me, that God could love me with all the wrongs that I've done. But after I learned that he could love me, and it always hit me at the bottom of that scripture in 1 John chapter 4, it says, I love him because he loved me first. Do you know God loved me? He, I'm like, man, God, you love me knowing. He even knows my future things and he still loves me. But when you get a glimpse of the perfect love that you, that you have, that God has for you, all the regrets of your past can seemingly go away because you know that you've been forgiven by God and you know that he loves you. And the Bible says that when you get in that love and you dwell and think in that love, it says herein is your love made perfect that you may be, that you can have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are you in this world. That's what the word says. So when the enemy's coming, you're a piece of junk. Remember what you did? Remember how you hurt all these people? God can heal you. He can show you his love. And when that enemy comes, you can be bold in the day of judgment. You can say, uh-uh, as he is, so am I. I am righteous. 
I am holy. I am forgiven. I have a future. I have a hope. I have another chance. Anybody with me say amen. Can somebody, can somebody take a painful experience? Man, that's the only way. Can't, get mad. Get mad at the enemy. Get mad at life that it dealt this to you. And use that energy to say, I'm going to knock the devil back. I'll give my life to helping the very people that he tried to destroy me with. Are you with me? Say amen. Spiritual experiences. Spiritual experiences are um, a, a Christian co-worker encouraged me. That's a bad example. A good example is I've always, I'm always shy about sharing my faith. A Christian co-worker encouraged me to speak boldly. Since then, I'm bringing many people to Christ. A spiritual experience that, that I've had is I grew up Methodist where you know about God the Father and you know about God the Son, nobody ever told me about the Holy Ghost. Nope. I'm, like, I'm like sitting in Acts chapter 8 where it says, says hey, I know you've been saved and I know you've been baptized, but you, have you received the Holy Spirit yet? And I'm like, well, they told me I did what I saved. And, and then in Acts 19 it says, hey, you've been saved and you've been baptized, but have you received the Holy Spirit? Nobody ever told me about the Holy Spirit. Man, I had a spiritual experience. After I was saved and water baptized, I had a spiritual experience where I was filled with the baptism of the Spirit, which talked about in the whole book of Acts. So maybe you've got a spiritual experience that you can draw from. Maybe you've had a healing. Maybe you've had an inner healing. All right, let's look at um, maybe you've had a life-controlling issue or a substance. Has anybody ever just when you came to the Lord you had something that was controlling your life whether it was a substance or something that was controlling your life you did you, you've been to rehab you've went to, to you, you've tried to get counseling you've tried everything you could do to be set free and then when you came to Jesus it's just like boom you just set free see that's a spiritual experience you know, some people, there's some things in my life I got set free of instantly when I became a Christian. Things I never could do by willpower and determination. They were just, boom, gone. But other things you work through. So you can use your spiritual examples to show people how you got from point A to point B. Okay, how about some past, uh, past experience? Uh, this uh, Again, jot some things down on your sheets. And I'm getting got into preaching and we forgot about what we're supposed to be doing here. Go to page, hold that out there a little further for me, Charles. Yesterday when I was eating with Charles, we figured something out. Me and Charles figured something out yesterday. I took my menu and held it here and looked at it. And Charles kept his menu and held it here and looked at it. We were sitting beside each other, and I would read his menu, and he'd read my menu, and it was just perfect. If you're over 50, how many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Not that Charles over 50. But anyway, turn to page. Holy smoke, I really can't see that page. E page one. Go to E page one. Oh, E stands for experiences, doy. Doy. Hey, Rachel, I just talked about you. Were you there the whole time? Okay. <laughs> Are you and Chad going to make it? You think you're going to make it? But all kidding aside, it was hard for a few years. 
How many years? A lot. Still hard? Is he still a pain in the... Really? Okay. Yeah, say whatever you want. Okay? But now you're using that and you do growing kids God's way, which is a study for parenting. You have a woman's group called Gems. When are you meeting? September 17th? Okay? Um, and you use, you draw from your painful experiences and your spiritual experiences to help people, right? So you ain't wasting a herd, are you, dear? Amen. You're not. Okay, so go to that E1. Write down some painful experiences that you want to use, some spiritual experiences. Maybe you uh, um, would like to teach a freedom class, or, or maybe you've lost a business and... Um, you, you would like to help people with financial integrity and help people. Is that right? Is everybody finding it in your sheets? Got it? Okay, start writing those down. Um, now then, let's go down to work. Work. Oh, list some impactful past experiences. Just list some experiences, and these are kind of in a good way, because we've been talking about things that was kind of kicking our tail, and God turned it to good. On number three on past experiences, list some impactful experiences where you're like, hey, I have to say God has gifted me in a way and I'm very impactful in these areas, okay? Now then, let's look at work or job. These are kind of self-explanatory, work or job. Um, what I'd like you to do on that is, is I would like to say, I'd like you to write down what you do. If you want to. I mean, if you're like, I'm going to tell these people what I do. But if you want to write down what you do, we'd like to know that. Maybe what you've done in the past. I'm talking about secular work. Like John and Anita, I know you guys work for American Airlines. How long have you guys been there? 20 years, 20 plus years? Amen. Hey, and maybe write, write, write what you did there. Okay, work experiences. So if you would, fill out some work experiences. And everything you're putting on there, we want you to transfer your, the ones you want us, that you're really psyched about and you really want us to know about it. We want you to transfer them to your master sheet. But this exercise is just to get you to pull some things out, okay? Um, so some work or some job. List some things that, 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 that you've enjoyed. Okay? Now then, uh, after work and job, the last one is let's look at um, ministry or places that you've served in this church or other churches. You, you might want to put the ones down you kind of liked. And you might put some ones that you didn't like. How many know God asks us to do some things sometimes that we don't like? He actually asking me to do something that I don't want to do and I don't like. We'll talk about that in a little bit, okay? But um, um, so write down some, hey, I worked in the children. Hey, I sang on the worship team. Man, I did greeting and I loved it. Man, uh, I, I was real, I, I opened my home for a small group and I really enjoyed being a host for a group. Okay? So that concludes experiences. So we went through shape, and now what we're doing is we're, what I want you to do the next couple of weeks, it, we're going to give a master next week, but use this one as just to practice. But write your three top spiritual gifts, write some things you want us to know about your heart, 
The abilities, remember we went through all them? You could put seven or ten abilities if you wanted to on there. You all with me on abilities? Abilities, and even heart, you can put, remember we had a whole bunch of things you could check. Get your, get, get your top five or ten and put them on your shape sheet. And then today, add your disc, your top two. And then on the experiences, again, I was just taking you through some stuff. Obviously, you can't write it all on, on your shape. And you can, too, if you want to turn your master shape over and say, I wrote some things on the back. You can do that, too. But I'm telling you, we, me and Josh and the staff are going to sit down and we're going to go over everybody's shape one at a time. So I, I promise you that. And you will be hearing back with, from us in September, okay? Because I believe that God told me, Brian, I want you to prophesy. Dry bones gather. Brian, I want you to prophesy. And I put my hands up every day and said, I call the body at Church on the Rock to come back together. Every joint supplying. My next prophecy, I've started, I will start, I've already been prophesying it, but I'm going to switch gears to where in my next two weeks, I want you to join with me. I'm going to be praying over this revival. And I'm going to say, breathe, O breath of God. How'd like, how many like the breath? Amen? So, so God's got this. God's got this. Okay, next thing I want to do this morning is I want you to go to this page. Hey, they're on the screen. Pull up the, uh, what we did is week one, we talked about worship. Everything needed. We need over 60 people to make a Sunday morning work. And we went through everything. And then we went over fellowship. And then we went over discipleship last week. Today we're going to do what we, off, what we have at Church on the Rock as far as ministry. Ministry, ministry is how we demonstrate God's love. Go to the next one, please. Pastor Josh, are you in here? Come on up. Pastor Josh is going to talk about, go ahead and go to the next slide, guys. Um, do we have it like I asked you to do it? Okay. Can you put more than that on at a time? Hey, you guys got sheets. Forget the screen. Grab your sheets. Grab your sheets. Pastor Josh, tell us about student ministry. Hey, church. Uh, hey, church. Am I on? Am I good? Can you hear me okay? No. Can I just talk to my diaphragm? Here's Carmen's. There we go. Hey. Oh. Woo, Who baby. was so quiet that came up before me? Oh, my goodness. Hey, church, Pastor Josh. If you're new or been here for the last couple of months or so, you may not know me. I've been downstairs primarily with the kids hanging out. And so I'm coming up today. I'm putting my kids' pastor hat on and youth ministry pastor hat on. And I just want to share with you just a little bit about what it looks like serving downstairs and kids or right here for youth ministry. And before we get to just the actual function of it, I just wanted to give you just a little bit of the heart of it. And so, Brian, I think he shared this in the sermons recently, but the idea behind what we do here is that you would have an encounter. They were helping people build a relationship with God. And do that through the worship. We do that through the word. We do that through response in the altar. And the kids' ministry is no different. The teen ministry is no different. We're asking and looking for people that love kids, 
that can learn a name, that can show interest in the kids and what they're interested in. You like YouTube? You like Minecraft? That's awesome. I have no idea what a Minecraft is, but tell me what you do. Why do you make diamonds out of blocks? What is the creeper? Okay, can you ask those kind of questions? Because we're helping kids encounter God. Because God really is just relational. And so if you can build a relationship with a kid or a student, that is modeling them encountering God. And so really just the primary first thing is that we're looking for people to just come and love students, love on the students, just show them that they're cared for, that church is a fun and exciting place. You know, the last couple of months, I've just been having so much fun downstairs. We've just been having so much fun. We've had smiles on our faces. We've been enjoying the worship. It's just been an incredible experience. And can I tell you this? There's no, no condemnation on you guys, but the best worshiping church here is the kids' church. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'll stop. We'll stop the worship band. We'll stop the music, and the kids just carry on. And we're like, hey, sit down. we got to get to the rest of the service. They're awesome. It's so engaging. I always feel God's presence when I'm downstairs in kids' church, and I believe that you will too. It looks a little different than it does upstairs, but the same God moves downstairs in the kids' ministry as he does up here at the altar. Amen? Come on, can we get a little rowdy about the same God that loves you, knows your kids, and he's moving downstairs too. Amen? Come on. Got my keyboard back there going today. Devin, did you know why you should have been on keys this whole time? Good night. <laughs> And so that's really what I'm just looking for today, guys, is that, you know, we are so close. COVID hit us really hard. I told the parents this last week, not hard in, hard in this sense, is that we lost, when, COVID, when we locked down in 2020, 70% of our volunteer base for Kids Church. 70%. And the reason was that a lot of our volunteers were uh, post-having little kids, a little bit older. And we became very just careful and conservative and for, understand, for right reasons. And it's been very hard to raise that volunteer base back because we've, it, it's been a hard season for our nation, for us as people. And so we've been really struggling to just fulfill our need for enough volunteers to not burn people out, but to be enjoyable and to serve the time you need down there because it's so good. But you also need to be in service here too. And we're at the point where Trish told me last week, and I'm not going to go on this too much longer, Brian, because I heard last week Brian hit this really strong, and I'm, thanks, Brian. That's what I want to hear, is that we, we need, if you look around, Kids Church has grown again so much. We're back up to like 50 down there every week or something like that, okay? It, it, and we were about 50 to 75 before 2020 hit. It, it, we're right back up there, but we still have, if you look around, you'll notice carriers and baby seats and stuff in the sanctuary. We've yet to be able to open, have enough people to open the nursery. And we need like four, six more people to have enough to be able to staff that well, to be able to open that back up. And this is the last thought that I just want to leave you with. I'm not going to be very much longer, maybe a minute more, is that, you know, when you do kids' church, you are not just serving the kids. There are moms and parents in here that serve, they're with their kids so much. And when you do that, it opens it up so that for an hour and a half, they can encounter Jesus right here in this seat without a kid on their lap. We love kids, but it also not just blesses the kid, it blesses the parent. 
So thank you. I appreciate it. We've gotten so many already, just people that are just, I'm coming back in or I'm ready to serve for the first time. And just really quick, logistically, it's things like helping kids memorize Bible verses. It's things as simple as during worship, standing close to the front, closing your eyes, putting your hands up and saying, hey, let's put our hands up. Hey, stop talking. Let's put our hands up. We're worshiping. It's simple things like, hey, throwing dodgeballs at kids' heads. It's one of my favorite parts. It's simple things like pulling out Play-Doh and while they're doing Play-Doh saying, what's the point? What did we learn today? We can spend time with God learning things like that. It's simple, but you are setting a foundation and groundwork for something that goes into their hearts that will last them for a really, really long time. And we didn't get to student ministry, but I'll just say student ministry is very, very similar. It's, it's, it's not, can you, are you relevant enough or are you cool enough or can you, can you talk about Minecraft or Call of Duty or whatever. It's can you spend time and show an interest in a kid? Can you put your phone down for two hours a week and show them that you care about them? They showed up. Can you care enough to memorize their name, to give them a nickname, to help them feel loved and that you care about them? That, more than any sermon that's ever impacted my life, was relationship was people that were unqualified or untrained or didn't have a Bible degree <laughs> that came into my life and just gave me a hug. Matt, I know, what you're ta- I know you know what I'm talking about. People that just hang out and just are willing to give time. So that's my little spiel. Um, Kids on the Rock is broken down to nursery, preschool, uh, four-year-olds in kindergarten, and then they have an elementary service. So there's one, two, three, four, five rooms. So you guys that had arts and crafts, you guys that had stuff like that, be great in preschool and kindergarten and stuff like that. So um, a, lot, a lot of good things you can do there. Uh, Youth on the Rock, I know they do small groups. I know they do events. Uh, they do home groups. Uh, down men's and women's ministry. Uh, the difference between ministry and small groups, when we did fellowship, we have small groups. When we say ministry, that's like the gathering, the big gatherings, um, instead of just little small group gatherings. We're now, um, is Walter and Joseph, is Walter and um, Justin, either one of you here today? They're downstairs and children working. Um, we, we're kind of getting where we got a men's group going. So uh, men's group, they, they did a cookout, uh, and I know they've got a golf tournament planned. So men's. Rachel, if you'd stand up, we have a monthly gyms. Is gyms monthly? Okay. So we have a women's ministry monthly. Uh, again, we talked about parenting classes that are starting. Um, young adults, I think they have a ministry on Thursdays. Um, another one... Uh, Denise and Eric, I know that you guys stand up. They have uh, work with Larry Nacelli with grandparenting, okay, where they're trying to get something like once a month where grandparents get together for ministry. And then the last one that I want to talk about is deacon. Deacon ministry is the pastoral care at Church on the Rock. Um, When you come to Church on the Rock, after you, like we have visitors and then attenders, and visitors are kind of checking out the church. Then they move into a tender. When a tender goes through Grow Steps 1 and Grow Steps 2, at that point we turn you over to a deacon. And a deacon is when you're turned over, like I know um, Tim and Linda, I know you guys are, are members. They're prayed for every week. 
They're prayed for every week. If they had a crisis, the deacon ministers to them. If they went to the hospital, the deacon's there. If they needed um, uh, some benevolence or help through a tough situation, the deacon is there. Um, discipleship and encouragement, the deacon is there. Uh, the deacons, if people are missing, they, they call them and say, hey, is everything all right? It's just a caregiving ministry. It's a pastor is what it is. So when you're looking through your ministry shape and you have, man, I care about people. In that way, um, caregiving and deacon. Notice I put caregiving and deacon. Deacon, there's some requirements, and you got to be with us so long because deacon's kind of a high office in church on the rock. But we have caregivers that assist the deacons. So if you're into caring for people on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and you like hospital visits and and that kind of stuff. Put you want to be a caregiver, and you might be able to move into a deacon someday, okay? Evangelism. Evangelism, this is to communicate God's word. We have local outreach. If you're into outreach, and then we have food pantry, and then in foreign missions, we have world mission. And uh, I know that Catherine talked to me about a missionary trip to Haiti might be offered real soon. But also there's a missions team that you, that you guys get together and you figure out ways to do fundraising and correspondence with missionaries. So if you're interested in evangelism, those are there. Okay? Again, next week, we're going to put it all together. Um, so if you're watching online, you can send them in. You can fill it out and then send it in via email. But next week, if you take these home and pray about them, um, even, hey, guys, on your phone, you can go Church on the Rock Huntley. All of the serve teams are on there. You don't even have to wait till next week. But try to have your shape sheets filled out by next week. Then I've got, here's what we've done last week, last eight weeks. We've done saved. We're talking about the full Christian life. We've done saved, set free, Healed, equipped, empowered to serve. Okay? So uh, next week I'll be preaching on having a servant's heart and we'll finish this. Okay?